This is Always Remember The Mod State Podcast And now, your hosts Alright We're back Been a long time since we rock and roll Yeah, you get over there? We're good Okay. Grabbing paper and uh, getting getting waste disposal bins out of the way. Okay. All right. I like it. I like it. Yeah. You, you, you're smiling when I'm stepping in. We're, this checks out. Fantastic. Well, welcome back, man. It's been. Uh, Thank you. It's been a minute, but uh, yeah. How are you? Well, well. Um, for the most part, yeah. I've <laughs> we got uh, we had some COVID run through the through the family recently and uh, dealing with the outcomes of all of that good stuff, but everyone's doing okay. And Excellent. So everyone's passing on through. Yeah. Yeah, indeed. Um, and uh, trying to keep it together as the world rapidly changes, it seems every single day, but I'm sure we'll most definitely talk about that throughout this episode. Um, yeah. You were kind of cleared finals and we're getting into the summertime. The wife is graduating in a month, and hopefully that will free up a bit of time uh, on weekends and stuff to be able to kind of enjoy this area as it gets warmer. So all is good. All is good. All is good before we dive into everything that's nuts. But uh, I mean, everything is, relatively speaking, good for you and I. We, we would be fools to complain and, and wish we were someone else. So I, I agree. All right, well... With that being said, let's dive into this. All right. So, as always, from wherever you are listening, thank you for tuning into the Mod State podcast. As always, please head over to modstate.com for more op ed sort of opinion pieces. And please continue to leave your comments. We'll try to do shout outs as they come. Okay. Here we go. Yeah. Don't forget Mod State 3.5 coming up. Oh yeah, indeed. Um, and I think we're trying to, it's been interesting every time I pull out this, uh, set up the studio, there's new things I'm learning with this mixer and, and telecommunications and stuff like that. So uh, chords being everywhere, chords being yeah. everywhere and chords being added, but, uh, they certainly do enhance the audio Word experience, God. certainly uh, enhance the audio experience and, and hopefully, um, we can add more as it comes but oh absolutely not not only are these first world problems but they're really really good first world problems yeah can't complain well let's dive in um i think as always we'll go down our agenda for the weird things the interesting things the bizarre things and then obviously what is coming up this year but the midterms and i think not necessarily i mean we could certainly talk about the breakdown of the midterms in terms of how certain candidates are doing, but even with the primaries, it's kind of hard to um, project. Well, I mean, we'll talk about those projections. But first, a uh, couple things, interesting things over the last couple weeks. I will have to say uh, one that I didn't bring up our precast, and we did record part of our precast, and hopefully we can bundle that up as a little <gasps> bonus episode. What? Um, no, you didn't. Oh, you didn't know what you know now. Um, mm-hmm. That is the... Uh, I don't know if you happened to watch the Kentucky Derby last weekend, but I did not. Holy crap. Um, it's totally worth it. Um, I, 
we had it on during the day and wasn't he the the had the worst odds it was like 80 and one odds and yeah. when you go back it's not that, good nope it's not great but it's great if you win um but um if you go back and watch if you have a chance to to watch the video um it is a massive comeback and i i, I mean i guess you call horse racing a sport i don't i mean it is but sure um definitely a good one and we call golf a sport for God's sake. So yeah, it's, but it's kind of the, it's with the same species, right? You know what I mean? So there's not too many other sports polo, I guess, um, that, that, uh, and there's elephant polo and horse racing, which will soon probably not there's, be a thing in the U S. Um, but again, elephant polo. Yeah, there is elephant polo. Stop. Just look it up. I'll keep talking. Um, no, I, I, I'm pretty sure there's elephant polo. Of course, there's I believe polo. you. Uh, but of course, there's of probably, course there is. probably all sorts of crazy animal like sports. Like uh, once there's one like camel fighting in Turkey for sure. That's one. Um, but again, I don't know where that becomes a sport as much as it's more of like a. I mean, now I'm thinking about it. There's tons of animal, horrible animal sports, but bullfighting not a great one. Um, yeah. Anyway, pit bull fighting. Yeah. That's where I, that's, well, I mean, several steps back is where I completely draw the line as call, calling those sports, but someone, someone calls it a sport, I guess. You do. Michael Vick did once. Um, so, uh, well, couple- well then there you have it. You know, <laughs> where, where will it all end? Next thing you know, they, the, the, the mad scientist won't be able to get a hold of his, his plutonium. And then, I mean, this is a slippery slope, Nate, but do continue. Wow, that's quite the slippery slope. Um, what else do we have? Um, we do have what I think. Yeah, is- aside from uh, digging up the ghost of Michael Vick's past. Um, what I certainly think is interesting is they were able to, which we've come so far in technology, we've been able to capture a picture we, someone did, not me, I was able to capture a picture of the black hole that is in the center of our galaxy, which is pretty cool, I think, actually. Um, that is. Uh, this supermassive black hole that I just think it's quite interesting that if you think about just decades ago, we were developing SLR film in dark rooms, and then digital, right. cameras, digital cameras came along. But right before digital cameras, we had those... Um, you know, you go to the prom and you'd get the disposable 24 picture. You, you uh, ring the crank yeah. on the side and take a flash. Uh, probably someone has one somewhere that's completely undeveloped and it's been decades. <laughs> it may or may not be a risky move. Right. Yeah. We, we, I mean, mine inevitably is relatively innocent from junior high school is a debate tournament. It was the reason I was out in Napa and San Francisco, but still, I, I wonder did, did any of the, uh, well, several strange individuals slash borderline weirdos that I was with, they could have grabbed my, my camera at some moment. They could have. So it never got it developed. Yep, you wouldn't know what that would be until you got it developed. Until it was too late. And, and, indeed, absolutely. I have to laugh it's that risky. it's risky business. It is. I have to laugh. I'm looking at the recording of this because when we record this we do have a video up with skype 
um, because it's good to see like cues and hand gestures and stuff like that. But the together background that you have on Skype is yeah, this one needs to. Oh yeah. Whose lips are those? Or what is that? Well, it looks like an airplane. No, no. Okay. I thought you meant my window here. Okay. Um, yeah, it does. Do you have any control over that? Cause it'd be great to move just to a regular screen of us. <laughs> I tried, but I can't, but I guess we're, maybe this is our new thing. I guess so. Maybe we should create a wacky background, but like. This is an airplane. Ooh. It's an airplane fuselage. It's interesting, but needless to say. It's cool. It let's, let's, it let's, let's roll with it, folks. And uh, hey, I'm recording it. So maybe well, in this case, we will have some folks hop on YouTube just to verify. <laughs> that it exists. And Hey, yeah, we're on a plane right now. It's kind of like, uh, it sounds like something to Lonely Island. If you remember them, they'd riff on, but. Yep. With that, we've gone through the Kentucky Derby, uh, Elephant Polo, Michael Vick, and a possible Event Horizon. Uh-huh. Horizon. What was I missing? Well, the, I mean, I can think of a few things. I mean, I'm not, I'm not there to... Yeah, I felt like... Well, look, let's pivot. I wish I was there to give you a hug, but we can certainly, alas. We can certainly pivot internationally real quick before we get to midterms. I think... Um, as the the war in Ukraine continues to drive on, um, I, it's it's been interesting just to see. Um, I, I feel like we kind of go weeks where, or I don't say weeks. That's that's it's not like this has been going on forever, but week by week, you it's interesting to see a little bit of the strategy change um, from Russia. Uh, some of the, I mean, it's interesting to see geopolitics sort of happen in real time, even if it's with, you know, Russia to the Russian people um, and right. what's happening with NATO and possibly having Finland at this point, probably Finland and Sweden, but it, it seems that Finland probably would be the first that will apply for at least entrance into NATO, which it seems at this point will be um, open with, with open arms uh, because they do meet all the, I mean, they're basically exercising with nato um they're spending money they're a strong democracy uh, and they certainly will be front-loaded <clears throat> into nato if they want to and i imagine sweden we're talking about finland way. yes correct I think am i correct I, I may be remembering incorrectly but if i'm not mistaken finland has the largest sovereign wealth fund in the world um or is that denmark i mean uh that's a good question. I wouldn't be shocked by either one of those countries. Regardless, um, yeah, I wouldn't be so shocked by either. Are, one you, of those are you talking about in the next year? You think they'll be admitted, or is no, it a fifteen-year-old no, deal? It's literally talking about days or weeks. Okay, so, and yeah. you you believe that's this is going to occur? Uh, I do. Yeah, I okay. think I think um, at least there's been enough conversation with in interviews on talk radio uh, interviews on cable networks that there certainly is a lot of discussion about it. And if it does happen, it certainly will happen quickly and it won't be this drawn out process because they're, they really meet the criteria for admittance anyway. But you know, if you think about it from Finland's perspective, it makes sense at least for them. Um, and I think given the unpredictability, even from wanting to keep a neutral stance i i mean obviously the situation in ukraine is different from from finland but they do share a huge border and it sure would be nice you got to be looking 
at NATO and you got to be looking at Russia then you got to be thinking it would be nice to have a little insurance uh, because there's not a whole lot of that happening in Ukraine. So do you you think that, by the way, I was incorrect. I was thinking of Norway. They have the largest sovereign wealth fund in the world. Noted. I was incorrect. Regardless, do you think it is? Do you think it's prudent at this time? I mean, is or are you not concerned about? And I'm not saying this to be snarky, but are you not concerned about inflaming the situation? Is it basically, hey, Finland doesn't affect this calculus one way or the other, so we may as well let them in? Also, does it bring down the wrath of the uh, the Soviet bear on Finland? Well, if they join NATO. Have fun with that, I would say, right? I well, mean, I mean, what would we do though? I mean, I, I'm just curious. I mean, people I, I rolled think, into Poland. I do, I do think, I, I think that, and I think this assessment has been made by people uh, much closer to this and has have much better ties. You think we'd act if if what? If if a NATO member was that, we would have to. Yes. Well, I know what yeah. Article Five says. Yeah, we would have to. Um, I was just curious, but I I just if don't pull and say yeah, also, absolutely we would have to. I mean that would it would it would destroy the le- the legitimacy of the entire in, the entire entity of NATO. We and I think if Finland thought that that was a potential, I don't think they would be potentially lining up to join. I think there's more money more power, more technology, and more influence in NATO than there is anywhere else on planet Earth in terms of military power, um, and regardless of the flaws, right? But I'll be honest with you, it's working pretty damn well right now. Um, and, I mean, it's, Ukraine, Ukraine's probably wishing in, in a big way that they, they were part of NATO, at least at this point. But, you know, well, unfortunately, they didn't have the, they didn't, Meet the criteria. They just did not. Now that doesn't well, mean that doesn't mean remember that. that's part of the reason Zelensky's in office is because they didn't meet the criteria. Well, yes, and look, it doesn't mean just because they don't meet the criteria. And I'm not presuming the that criteria being all, that they're too corrupt. Exactly, but but it doesn't mean that Ukraine shouldn't have their own sovereignty, right? And and it doesn't justify as some people in this country are are. Uh, uh, certainly have said in the past that it sort of doesn't matter. Um, I believe they right, do. Right, I'm not going there. Well, no, I know you're not. But, but you know, I think, I think also Finland's calculating this, right? Because Russia still hasn't been able to even take over Ukraine um, and has had to concentrate a lot of forces in very specific regions in Ukraine um, and are still running into trouble. I mean, they still haven't even taken Maripol and we're, what, we've, we haven't recorded for a couple weeks? And that still hasn't happened. And I mean, I'm sure there'll, there'll be some fake referendums in Eastern Ukraine uh, where it'll, you know, the whole populace will quote unquote join, want to join Russia and they'll create, annex these, these independent states, but they haven't taken over Ukraine. Um, they've certainly done a good job of destroying it. But I think Finland is making the wise choice by saying, look, I mean, Russia can't afford to go after Finland because they, they haven't even proven that they can do it in Ukraine. And so now's the time to do it. And even if it inflamed and pissed them off, I mean, what, what's Russia going to do? Like use nukes 
I mean, it's Absolutely. they could, but even then again, I don't, unless there is this desire for mutually assured destruction, um, you know, I just, I don't think there's a whole lot Russia can do about it, even from a posture. I'm not saying there's an overt desire for mad, you know, mutually assured destruction, but I also believe that Vladimir Putin will, uh, not to be cliche, but go down swinging. For one, there's intelligence we have that he's been seeing a doctor who deals with um, a, a certain Thyroid type of cancer. cancer. And it, it makes, look, the dude's face is fuller than it used to be, and it doesn't look like it's because he's been eating nonstop uh, Baconators. I don't know that he's well. Um, and I'm not saying he's going to drop the big one. I'm, I could see him using tactical nukes, though. I mean, one way or the other, Ukraine's going down. And, I mean, even, even if they do maintain their full-on independence, they recover all their territories here. It, both sides have a perfect victory here at best, right? It's, it's scorched well, earth at this point. The I mean, country's in shambles. It really is. At this point, there isn't, I mean, that even if, even if Ukraine somehow beat back, well, let's just say Vladimir Putin died and the successor wasn't in and they backed out and like Ukraine's destroyed for generations. Yeah. What are you left with? The generations. And, and I think also kind of pointing back on, on the whole Finland thing, you know, a NATO application, NATO, I don't think predicates their acceptance based on whether or not it's good for like the world order. Like, oh, it's going to rattle some sabers in Russia. I think the applications are open to whoever wants to join. You just have to meet the criteria. And being next to a bad guy certainly isn't a, like a deal breaker. So, and so anyway, I mean, that's no, I, really I didn't. Dumb. That doesn't even my calculus. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> so now uh, let me say this though before we move on because it's going to be atopical if, uh, otherwise. I will tell you one thing that I do have an issue here with, and that is uh, FIFA. The, the ban on Russia's men's, and, and I guess women's as well. I, I didn't hear specifically about that, not because I didn't care, folks, but because the Men's World Cup is this year, November in Qatar. And FIFA has decided that Russia may no longer compete and handed their playoff win to Poland. Poland automatically uh, will face off against the winner of Scotland-Wales. And whoever wins that pairing, Scotland-Wales is winner versus Poland, will be the final team in the group alongside the United States, England, and Iran. The greater point here being, because they don't like their politics, they don't like what they're doing, FIFA, the International Federation governing the World Cup at this point, soccer, has decided that Russia's men, men's team may not compete. Now, picture another situation where FIFA does not like military action taken by the United States. So, so basically, I'm not saying they would do that, but regardless, FIFA's getting to say who's right and who's wrong in a war. And I, and I understand in this war, we feel that, that Russia is the nefarious actor, that they are the antagonist. That's fine. But the point being, FIFA, not, FIFA can just say, hey, we don't agree with your war. You can't compete. I thought it was supposed to be a, a, a non-political. This was supposed to be the world's game that, that, that prevented escalation, that prevented the exacerbation of of conflict and substituting blood for for cheers i i just i don't see this as a good move 
by to forbid them from competition. We've we've removed Xbox Live. We've removed virtually every other major Western service, and now you can't even play the beautiful game because. I mean, should uh, you be should you be able to? Uh, Vladimir play? Putin gets punished these this entire generation of young men. Uh, I mean, it is a bummer, but as much as the beautiful game, we don't want it to be political. It is. I mean, I think Nat Geo did a whole piece on it years ago, that it's the world's game and. It creates wars. It creates legends. It creates, and it. And so you agree with Russia being banned from competition? I get why. That's not what I asked you. I don't know. I haven't thought too hard about it. I think I'm like pretty in line with. Yeah, I mean, it's a source of national pride. I mean, the, look, Russia cheated. Let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. Who they agree with in a okay. war? Let me. Let me so ask they you, can't compete. Let me ask you this. Um, was it okay? Um, to ban Russia. Um, now, the, the Russian athletes could play under the, the Federation, I think it was, the Rock, right? Um, but, but Olympic athletes couldn't. Those athletes could... were guilty of doping, some of them. So that was a different situation. Yeah, but, not, that but John, wasn't, but John that not wasn't... all of them. Not all of them. So oh, what I'm, Here's what I'm getting at, though. There were violations by athletes there, though. In this case, this is FIFA purely picking sides in a game of risk as far as they're concerned. I mean, I just don't see the difference between, like, yes. Um, I mean, okay, fine. Let's go player by player and see how they feel. And then the players that feel like it's, uh, you know, like it's, it's, it's either. What do you mean it's, how, the Rus- how do you think those Russian players feel? I don't know. I don't know their you don't hearts. Think they want to play ball? Of course they want to play ball. But look, I, I get it. I hear you. But the whole point of playing for your country is for national pride. And that is totally fine. But in this case, uh, you've got a country that invaded for no reason at all uh, another country. And I mean, they obviously have a reason, but it's not a good reason. It is no reason at all. And are quite literally at this point committing war crimes against a sovereign nation. I think it's pretty simple. If you're willing to do that, then we're not going to let you try to enact any ounce of national pride on the world stage. Just not going to happen. I don't think that's political. I think that's just the right thing to do. Uh, and and look, I think there's some athlete there's some athletes out there that have voiced opposition to certain tennis players being banned, and it sucks. But it's yeah, it's putting I would, a squeeze. I would, I just, it's putting. I a want squeeze. to go on record here. I want to go on record here saying that I not that I was asked by the uh, by the committee, but I would vote against the ban on Russia's soccer team competing. And now it's probably moot because they probably would not have beaten Poland, Robert Lewandowski and company. But and if they did, I don't see them beating the winner of Scotland or Wales. John, also think about the 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 potential protection. As well, I mean, there's a lot of factors that when you're doing a risk factor, when you're doing a risk analysis for this type of thing. Okay, imagine putting this Russian team on the world stage, playing some of these Eastern European countries who have ties nope. to Ukraine. You think that's going to go over well? No, nope. it's going to be that's a cordial, the case, awesome then we need match. to do what we did. No, if that's the case, then we need to do what we did during World War II. We skipped two World Cups. Because if it's that dangerous, then you need to apply that across the board. It is not fair to to unilaterally, uh, to, it, to arbitrarily ban one team because we don't agree with their politics. 
It's not politics. They've invaded it is, another Nate, country. Everything is political. Because mm-hmm. next go round, oh, they don't like the USA's invasion of pick the 11th country in the past you know, decade or so we've invaded. So we can get our, you know, Christian Pulisic and Claudio Reyna son to get uh, okay. banned from I mean, playing because think, they don't like an American war. I'll tell you, I think you're wrong. I think it's not. I think, I, I think what's happening actively right now is horrific. And I think pitting. I Eastern, didn't say it wasn't. I think, I think pitting Eastern. I'm not Europe, disputing that this I, war is wrong, but those I, men have nothing to do with that. I guess. I don't know. You'd have to ask them. I mean, they're, obviously they didn't make, they didn't pull the trigger, but I don't know. I don't know if it's worth the risk putting those guys on a world stage, um, making them play countries like Poland that is right next to Ukraine. These guys likely have ties in Ukraine. That's six degrees of separation. It's not that far. Um, that that's a touchy situation, man. I just don't. It's it's not good. Even even if it wasn't political, just from a it from a situation of protecting. <laughs> the players who are playing uh, it just it well the world cup's going to be in the in the middle east so we need to have the guts then to do what we did in world war ii and cancel the cup don't let the almighty dollar get in the way of the right thing to do i don't know man for a, for a, you, you're kind of i like how you're talking man like everything's fair we need to be equitable if they can't play no one plays i like it man i'm just going to be like life's not fair sometimes I mean, your your country made a really horrible move and continues to do so uh, and you've got an unhinged leader. Uh, you don't get to play this round. Sorry, boys. That's it. Well, the, the, the idea of competition is, in, in, is supposed to be equitable. That's the idea. You know. Yeah, well, your country's not being very equitable, and it's, uh, and it's uh, I don't know. You're ridiculous. It's, Let's move on. I know. Well, I disagree with you. Um, and, yeah. and look, there's a lot of athletes out there, by the way, tennis, very famous tennis stars that, uh, that are against the banning of individual tennis athletes. Like I hear it, but yeah, Jokovic, I, I mean, this is, this is starting to look, look, look like uh, some sort of Slavic bias almost, man, I, I just don't, here's the other thing. I don't really care. I don't care. I don't care. Yeah, they're they, white. I know. I don't, I don't care that they don't get to play. I don't care that their team doesn't get to play. Um, it just doesn't matter to me. So but it, I, I guess maybe if I felt like it was going to make the competition better, maybe I'd feel. Well, let's not waste different. any more dialogue airtime <laughs> on something we don't care about. Yeah, indeed. Um, well, there's, there's that, there's your segue. Thanks. Um, well, it was interesting. You, you didn't, you, you didn't say you're going to bring that up, but I'm glad you did. And uh, maybe my way of just getting out of the argument is saying, I don't care what happens to them, but I, I really, I don't think the World Cup's at a loss without the Russian team. Um, so what were we going to talk? The midterms are coming up. We have had some primaries uh, in the last couple weeks. And, that we have. Uh, I, th- I mean, we're kind of like, I don't think there's a whole lot to be gleaned from it at the moment. Um, however... I don't think it's all gone Trump's way. That is conceding the fact that Trump still is sort of the, has the stranglehold on the GOP. The kingmaker at this moment. And I think he does. Um, I think it's fair to say that. And he, what failed in Nebraska. Um, yep. He failed. Right now, he I failed. mean, Vance won in Ohio. That's, he, that was Trump's guy. Um, he, interesting to see what will happen in Pennsylvania at this point. Um, My 
Like, but, for God's sake, for God's sake. I mean, do we have to look nothing against really, the guy? And I, I, really I got a lot agree to say with about Senator. That. I'm sorry. I said you got a lot to say about the Pennsylvania uh, primaries. I just, I, I think that Senator McConnell's right that the the Republican competitors to Dr. Oz to Mehmet Oz, they're using his Turkish heritage against him. To me, is despicable. But aside from that, why are you in this race, Dr. Does that, Oz? Does that surprise you in the GOP that they're using that? So, I mean, this guy's been a celebrity on TV for better or why for worse. Why is he in we this race? It's a good question because why? apparently it's really easy to be a celebrity and go to the magazine. Why has former President Trump endorsed him aside from the fact he's a celebrity? It doesn't make sense. That's the entire point. None of it makes sense. I mean, it, it's it, like, it, it, why it, John, are you doing it, everything John, it doesn't within have your power? To make, it doesn't have to make sense. That's that's the beauty of it. That's why it's so hard to debate and have conversations about because it doesn't make sense. It doesn't have to make sense. It's just whatever. It's, like, are we still yeah, talking about the same thing? Yeah, we're talking about Dr. Oz. It doesn't need to make sense. And it does. Okay, it, the point is, however, that this it needs to make sense if you want to hold on to a what was a winnable seat in a purple state. Yeah. So like, what, what are you doing? I don't know. I mean, there's, I don't know why that keeps doing that. Well, I mean, look, there's a couple, there's what, there's three Republicans right now in that race. Well, no, I mean, why me keeps getting bigger and smaller on the screen. Oh, I don't know, but you I see this. No, I mean, I just see the fact that we're still in this airplane. And uh, yeah, I keep getting bigger and smaller. It's it's really I. It's weird. I kind of I kind of like it. I'm kind of like I'm kind of kicked back. We should do definitely make this our YouTube background. Yeah, okay. I agree. I'm I'm cool. just trying to work with the lights here, folks, and uh, see like. Well, so anyway, what what is happening? Um, is we've had oh, what's uh, her, what is her name? Um, that has sort of made this strange. Uh, Pull it up here. Oh, Representative Marjorie Green Taylor. By the way, she was while we're on the topic of uh, Congress and weird. Oh. Uh, she was is apparently being permitted to continue on the ballot. Which, hey, that's that's an interesting take. Uh, I'm not really aware of all her communication. I wasn't shocked. Well, by I that. wasn't really aware of her communications from the sixth. Did you? Did it come out that? She, in fact, was encouraging violence, taking part in the insurrection. I think... Because if she was, there is a provision against her running again. On the, uh, well, I mean, clearly the judge didn't think that there was enough no, evidence. But did you think that there was from her communications? I, be real, I didn't get to read them. Not many. From, well, from a court legal perspective, no. Okay. From... I guess if we were talking about this in like civil court, if this is like a civil court matter, I don't think she would be on the ballot, but that's not the way it works. If you know what I mean, like kind of the looseness of civil court that, but I mean, what do you think? I, I'm not asking because I'm trying to gotcha. I didn't get to, I've read like no, two or three. I, or three no, I don't, I don't think that there was enough evidence, but also it, there wasn't enough evidence that said that she actually incited violence or was part of the coup. Now, the thing is so, this, okay. this, doesn't mean that what we'll wind up hearing in the next couple months. Um, I mean, she's obviously not been subpoenaed by this, the January right. 6th committee. We can talk about that later. And don't worry, folks, we're getting to Roe. 
um, we just when you do a show, you don't front load all of your uh, exactly front load all of the juicy stuff. But you got to slow your roll. You know what I mean? Yeah. But you've got to be the segue, the segu. Mm. But anyway, I, so I mean, let's let's pull back because I do want to I do want to point out that before we, so we were talking about the midterms, we're talking about um, a couple of these races trying to make a prediction on whether or not Trump continues to have this stronghold. Now, Nebraska is one of those cases where it didn't work out. Uh, Ohio did. Uh, big Tucker Carlson fan um, over there. And and now here in Pennsylvania, you've got uh, uh, Barnett, who kind of out of nowhere is surging. She's got quite an interesting story uh, about growing up. I think it was in Alabama, uh, very poor. She, she's. I think she's. she could be a winner. I mean, it's she's not a Trump candidate. Um, she's she's highly bigoted. I'll give you that right off the bat, given her past. But that that's kind of not seems what to be, I was. No, I'm just uh, saying it's. I'm just trying to profile her as a candidate. Um, and I think that she hits all of those sort of MAGA touch points. So um, she might be more qualified than Dr. Oz. Is what which, I was getting at. Which is at. interesting because she actually parrots more of Trump's. Like, uh, I mean, he, she went after. Um, Obama, sort of that the the Muslim angle that uh, Trump Trump, Trump really really paved the way for right with the birth certificate, and it just is right. interesting that Trump is literally like she's not going to win, and it's how how is it in the MAGAverse that you is it because he thinks Doctor Oz is actually going to win or he likes Doctor Oz or he wants Doctor Oz to like him that he wouldn't support a candidate that literally other than the fact that she didn't come from money um, who literally speaks his language in a way that, I mean, when you look at someone like Dr. Oz, there is a, there's no track record of this like really hard, right talk. And I think it's weird that anybody would actually believe Dr. Oz. You know what I mean? Like, how do you, how do you guys believe this? If that makes sense. We've never been at war with East Asia. We've always been at war with Eurasia. You must understand this. Yes. That. But you're kind of making my point, right? Like, how, how is this a thing? How do, how do people... Anyway. Because he says it is, okay? I, the, the, the difference in McCarthy and Nixon was that people didn't realize when the, the feces hit the, the generator... That Nixon was actually sincere, that but McCarthy was a charlatan, more or less. It was for the the allure, the grandeur. Okay, so the whole thing is Dr. Oz is a celebrity, that regardless of the fact that you wouldn't find him on I, I Can See Your Voice, mm -hmm. even. He's not even that high of a celebrity, okay? But he's close enough to celebrity that that's what matters. I mean, let's face it, he, former President Trump, I know, would call me a loser. The only thing that might get me a slight pass in the right room is because I'm a veteran. But on the wrong day, the wrong time of month for him, even that yeah, is yeah. not gonna is not gonna matter. So sure, sure, it's all about name recognition. It's all about him king making. And hey, he gets to say that he dug up a celebrity whose uh, yeah, that's fair. marketing net worth yeah. was about as bad as his at the moment. That's fair. All right, well. I mean, that's kind of what's happening in the midterms right now. I think projecting... Is that too much? Is that, no, is that, I, I take is that. that. I buy that completely. Um, well, I mean, I, I know it might be too 
too bitchy for fans of the president, but call me a little bit better after having at times in playing devil's advocate during his presidency for being a little sore from all the pretzels I twisted myself into. So there. So here we are marching towards November. There's a couple things that are going to happen. And I, I think truly like very consequential things will happen over the next couple months. And, and that is the January 6th committee is going to start public testimony, public hearings. Um, I think they'll start putting together uh, a, a, a digestible timeline and story um, just like good lawyers do and prosecutors do. Um, not that they're prosecutors, but you know that's what they do. You have to tell a story. And that will start to come out. We've seen the subpoena, finally the subpoena of, of five uh, 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 elected officials, namely the, 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 the most notable being minority leader, Kevin McCarthy. Um, and we can talk about the others. Jim Jordan's on there as well. And Yay. yeah, Jim, uh, so we can talk about that, but also then of course, maybe the game changer. Um, and I, one thing I want to point out before we talk about Roe and we talk about this other um, sort of the subpoena on the January 6th is I, I'm not here to talk about how I feel about abortion. I think everyone's very clear on how I feel about abortion. I think it's, um, I'll just say it right off the bat. I don't think there's any silver lining to, uh, to the replacement of jurisdiction when liberty and bodily autonomy are lost. Um, I, I just don't see any silver lining to that. However, we can talk about objectively what is going on here in a bit and how does this possibly become a game changer depending on the final ruling of Roe um, or the ruling, but rather the final opinion of Roe when it comes out, I think probably the end of next month. So where do we want to start first? Because I personally don't think with this subpoena happening with these five guys, um, whether they even care to show up um, and whether or not January 6th actually refers them for, for criminal contempt. Um, and if any, nothing will even probably happen uh, at least in, in this year for that criminal contempt, because nothing happened. Nothing's happened with Mark Meadows. Yeah, nothing has happened with Ben. It doesn't matter though, from one sense. In in one sense, well, it's changing, about optics. Changing anyone's opinion um, on January 6th, because because McCarthy has been subpoenaed and if he defies a subpoena, like maybe it's got some good um, airtime, but I don't think, I think most people are pretty set in their ways in terms of what happened. Well, January yes, 6th. That's the, at the same time, we're not talking about them when it comes to the midterms. Remember we're talking about that. There is regardless of what, what label, what term anyone wants to use for it. There is an element of the swing in the midterms. But do you, think those, do that, you think those swing I'm, folks, are, are like on the fence about January 6th. We're like, Oh man, I really want to get the full yeah. facts. Like, <laughs> I mean, well, that's, that's not what I'm getting at. What I'm trying to say is that it's a holistic matter that there are people out there. Not everyone is, is concrete. Not everyone is granite going uh, as of the first of every year. So it can be a holistic thing of that is piled up of, Oh, this is just the latest thing. And this and five and six other matters, maybe we don't decide the McCarthy race, but it's a bad look overall. And it, it, sure optics can cost you a race. And we're talking about somebody that depending upon 
what facts on him get brought back up. Uh, McCarthy's not in as good a position as one might think he is. Yeah. And the fact is, yeah, swing voters can. I mean, the, the whole tenor of the evening of the second presidential debate in 2016 absolutely swung because of optics. And not Fair. one of the alleged Bill, uh, the Bill Clinton, former President Clinton, excuse me, uh, former President Clinton's alleged accusers. I didn't even look to verify that they all were. Not one of them, though, spoke. They didn't have to. It was so the whole how that the, was actually an element of genius on Trump's point mm. from an amoral perspective. But the point being, just the look wasn't good. So how did so, the optics play here? Because, I mean, we kind of talked in precast. I mean, the optics could go either way here, right? Like you're saying, hey, maybe this it's is not a, a good look for a, for a congressman, for a United States representative. I hate con the term congressman because senators are congressmen, too. They're both part of Congress. Yeah, it's true. Sure. It, clarify that. But. Uh, especially for our foreign listeners, it's got to get confusing. But regardless, it's not a good look for a sitting representative to refuse to respond to a summons by a, a group of his peers. Okay, fine. So the people that are for McCarthy and, and President Trump, regardless, either way, sure, they're fine with it. But remember, again, we're talking about for the first time since President, former President Trump got the nomination that regularly it's not 50% anymore of the party that says his endorsement is, is an absolute necessity for something to happen. Now, it obviously holds a lot of sway, but as we saw uh, in, in Nebraska, that's not always the case. As we saw, he was never able to put a dent in as governor of Louisiana. And I, I and do hear you. Let me remind you, Edwards is a Democrat. I do hear you, but the people they subpoenaed aren't exactly like kind of on-the-fence Trump people, right? I mean, these are the Trump. I, I grasp Trump. that. So, I grasp that. And no matter how gerrymandered their districts are, again, I'm going at more of a holistic, okay, if you give a damn about anyone aside from yourself, and these guys are all supposed to, in theory, care, quote, and I'm talk, using this term care now, very loosely now, here, but you're supposed to care about the party line because that's, mm -hmm. It's every two years you have to face yeah. this. That's why it's well, called the People's House. And you're, it's not a good look, Nate. You are sitting I, representatives yeah. to refuse a summons. Now I do, I do admit that maybe not at the moment, right? They could defy this, but whatever comes out when when the final story is told, and and all the everything we're kind of learning gets wrapped up into one little nice timeline. The juiciest of juiciest text messages tell a story. Um, I imagine that there will be a number of representatives that will not look good and not because they were particularly painted in a way to make them look really awful, but they just weren't doing the right thing. Like they were genuinely trying to overthrow a Democrat democratically, um, uh, a, a democratic election. Right. And I, I don't. <laughs> Whether that plays a role in the November election, it might be enough with whatever happens with Roe to, to create enough uh, energy on the other side and just enough people on the right or center right that are kind of disgusted with what, um, what the right or the GOP is like willing to put up with 
that they might just not that they will ever vote Democrat, but they certainly just might not have as much energy to vote. And I, I, you know, I don't know. And, and again, right. <clears throat> let's I, w- more to be seen on what they do with the subpoena. I agree. Like, as everyone says, you know, if you've got nothing to hide, you might as well go and chat. Personally, I think that the January 6th committee has everything they need to know already, and it's just giving them a chance. And if optically they're going to do the subpoena, so it makes them look a little That's what I was getting at precast. Thank you. Thank you for coming around and agreeing with me on that. That at this point, this is is grandstanding. That's that's what this is. But it also gives them a friggin' chance. You know, I mean, subpoena at this point is not really like, let me give you a chance to tell your side of the story. Like, that's what you should have volunteered to do in the first place. Right, that's what I mean. This is this is political theater, and I'm not saying I wouldn't play it. I was going to say, if, saying, if you were if you were consulting to the January 6th committee, you'd be, you know, they I obviously it sounds like they probably um, thought about this, but you know, at the end of the day, you you gotta pull throw the big punches, and you gotta again, Liz Cheney's on this. <laughs> committee right too, again, again that and for that for, doesn't yeah for that's people not that are, my representative yeah, and for people I've, that are I've, I've never named myself as one of her cheerleaders yeah. so that's irrelevant and, to me with all well, the no, respect it's, that she's it's, on that committee it's not about you i mean for those people that are are listening who do, might not know who she is necessarily she is very republican and so it wasn't as if it's just a bunch of democrats that made a decision to you know to, to subpoena these guys i mean a very staunch i mean the daughter of the former vice president dick cheney made a decision to subpoena these guys and uh, and it, it wasn't just i mean she certainly probably wasn't the naysayer here so um anyway um it'll be interesting to see how it plays i don't think it will have as much weight in terms of optics as i think i want it to but well, maybe, let me tell you who it will it will it, matter but, for. I'm not saying. Well, well, hold on. Let me let me finish my thought real quick. I would say, if it comes out that these guys were really embedded in the story and they defied, they they didn't come voluntarily and they defied the subpoena, and it comes out that they really were, well, I was going to say something, but they were really deep in this. It it could really make them look bad, but it certainly is not going to make them look bad to the base because the base doesn't care. But it could be enough right, for those. It could be that you raised. You, we, we didn't. We didn't come at this as well, how is this going to affect the Trump base. We came at this from how is it going to affect well, the midterm election. Well, but I, it's a, it, but that that is they are part of the midterm election. The Trump base. I, is, I, I but, grasp that. But I do think Nate. that there are enough center right independents out there that might be just kind of disgusted with the entire thing. That either they do vote Democrat or they do they do at least vote um, for the non-Trump candidate. I suppose, um, which I don't know. In some cases, the non-Trump candidates aren't that, according to me, uh, aren't that much further um, uh, away from left field. But, they can be splitting hairs at times, if you ask me. Yep. But so, no more where this gets interesting to me. As for, I mean, it's interesting period. But as far as where it's less certain, if you will, it's less inevitable. The outcome is for Speaker. It showed the Republicans, in fact, recapture the House, which more later, obviously, on to what how severe that loss of the House of the Democrats is. But regardless, if the Republicans win it, they will control, uh, they'll control who becomes Speaker. And I'm just not, I'm not so convinced it's going to be McCarthy, but that's something that we can uh, return yeah. to another time. Certainly. I know we're we're yeah. probably pressed for time here, so well, I, maybe I there's do, something to revisit. No, I do. I do want to carve out uh, a bit of time to talk 
about Roe. Um, and, and I think currently what for, for those folks who are listening internationally that might, I mean, the, the judicial system in the United States certainly didn't just come to fruition out of thin air. Um, I mean, Alito's opinion clearly, uh, is very clearly pulls from some very, very interesting, uh, judicial philosophies from hundreds of years ago. Um, but you can, anyone can read the opinion if they'd like. My point is, uh, Western, you know, Western, at least what we'd consider Americans judicial system and judicial philosophy, uh, has has been around for a very long time. And of course it's been whittled down, it's been fine-tuned. Um and it is based on precedent. It is based on what you have maybe heard as starry starry decisis, right? It is the precedent. And and it's how you form it's how you argue, right? It's how when you maybe it's a, a property um rights issue. Maybe it's a a, a case um where um, a privacy case where someone's privacy is being infringed on or their land is being, or their first amendment, right? Their freedom to speech is being infringed upon that they will, when making a case for or against a certain position, you can't just say, well, I take this position because this is how I feel. Uh, that's great. But no one cares. Tell me why your argument's better than the other based on the precedent based on what has been um, the uh, the prevailing wisdom of this specific thought process. And that's when you go, well, there's this case, this case, this case, this case, um, as far back in time that shows that, you know, my position is upheld by these specific cases, by these judges over this time. And it's important because you, you have to have precedent in order to create a compelling case. And Roe, um, and, and, and some background for Roe. Um, so the same people that got were up in arms on Roe uh, back in the 60s and 70s were actually the same exact people that were for, um, and it's just historical, and this is going to hurt, but um, with the same group that were actually um, for uh, school segregation. And when that got passed in and all that was wrapped up with Brown versus Board of Education, the Civil Rights Acts that were passed in the, was it 64 and 65? It was moot. That was it. That was the precedent. That's been set. It was law. Um, and they had to move on to something else. And um, they needed something else to be up, uh, outraged about. Now, the Southern Baptists, the religious community, didn't care. About abortion really wasn't a big deal. It was considered a Catholic thing, actually. Um, and I think the Catholics' position was quite different, or at least their their being vocal to it maybe wasn't as uh, the way it is today. But even then, um, it was a shift to abortion, and uh, and it got to the point where we shifted this. Uh, there was a lot of noise, there was a lot of enthusiasm about it, and we eventually had Roe v. Wade, and it and Roe v. Wade said that, hey, look, the Supreme Court said that these the women. Um, have right to privacy. They have right to bodily autonomy, um, and and that became precedent. That that was the precedent now, and everything that's happening with Roe at the moment is under the guise of states' rights. It's under jurisdiction, um, and in some cases, Alito um, and other justices believe that um, 
it was just wrong. Okay, it was wrong. Uh, their confirmation hearings t- say one other thing, but today they believe that it was just it was just wrong. Um, and but the precedent of Roe paved the way for a number of other protections at the federal level under the interpretation of the Constitution. So following Roe was the right to, I think it was in New Hampshire, there was a case that came out that said that, hey, look, um, married couples should have a right to access to contraception, to, to family planning. Okay, well, Roe, we were able to show that there was a right to privacy for these women, so there was, there was precedent then to be able to show that there was, there was a right to this privacy, to this um, access. Well, what followed then was the access for unmarried women to have, to, to have contraception or birth control. Then came the right for interracial marriage, right? At least a protection for interracial marriage. That came next. Then in Texas, um, there was a Texas uh, case that um, was famous about um, the Texas sodomy laws. And the case was made based on the precedent of these other cases, stare decisis, that said that, listen, two consenting individuals, it does not matter what gender, can do what they want in their house without the government intruding. And boom, there we go. Case made. What followed then? Naturally, in 2015, I believe it was, um, we had equality um, for gay marriage uh, based on these precedents, the stare decisis. And, And now we are here today, after all of these justices who have Created this, bought onto this opinion of Alito that says that look, it was flawed, um, absolutely flawed, um, and, and anyone can read the opinion, um, and said that uh, no, in fact Roe, the precedent for all of this, um, was fundamentally wrong, um, and if the opinion stands, which it may not, uh, it may get kind of hashed out. That's the way these things happen. Um, that the jurisdiction yeah, I think that, they hashed it out. We'll see. That the jurisdiction goes back to the states. It is not a federal protection. It is not it is so Alito's interesting thing to me is that it is not deeply rooted in tradition. Well, look, Jackass, there's not a lot of things that are deeply rooted in tradition. Like good night. It's that's a matter that's of, a, of opinion, Nate. And, well, and, and, I get and remember it. But that's, that's the entire matter to begin with. I get it's, it. it. It's it's an it's I get it. My point is that just moving forward, that because we have undone this precedent since 19, what, 73, 74, um, that if, it's not de- if that's not deeply rooted in tradition, well, then I can tell you that access to birth control is not deeply rooted in tradition, nor is interracial marriage, no is or the right to have um, any sort of consensual sex in your home, also um, the right to marry who you like. Those are all on the chopping block at least at the federal level, it will go back to the states. And the reality that's, that's is, a matter of hold on, opinion, hold on. Nate. No, it's, that's the opinion, man. That no, is the that's opinion. A, that's a matter of opinion, Nate, that what? it's on the chopping block. There's no, I mean, show me the veracity that interracial marriage is on the chopping block. Roe wasn't on the chopping block, John. And now it okay, is. But interracial marriage, Nate, I think, okay, not everything about people that you don't agree with is evil. John. Okay. John. So when you I mean, undo, are they going to ban us from John, using this, this when, computer monitor John, next? Is that on the shopping block? John, when you undo the precedent, it no longer holds. Those things are at risk. That's the whole point of precedent. When you undo the precedent. And what, again, we don't even know what the decision is yet, Nate, because look, John, we're going to go back to. John, I'm, I'm going to return to what. John, I'm pointing out 
that it whether you'd see it's it's about a matter of opinion. It is not it is not a matter of opinion. This is just the way the dominoes could fall by undoing the precedent. That is a matter of opinion, Nate. I, that that could happen that way. I wish I was a seer. I don't have a, a a glimpse like that that you do of what's about to happen. I really don't. I mean, look, I have. This is the first I've heard of racial marriage being on the chopping block at the Supreme Court. We'll see. We'll see. I'm okay. just saying it undoes. So that, it, but did, did you? Point. I mean, did you hear what I said about how these things, how these things, like how these things work, right? How the precedent works. I'm not saying that interracial marriage is on the chopping block, but when you because undo, but when you undo one, sure. when you undo one, you pave the way for. I mean, when all you have to do is say, yeah, throw it back to the states, and if there's a state that doesn't like it, and there's a group of people that don't like it, it's not protected. That's the concept of states' rights, Nate. Exactly. You're not going to be living in Louisiana anytime soon, are you? No, probably not. That's the idea, Nate, is that states get to govern themselves where they're coming from. I That's get it. their entire thing. Because, again, it's to obfuscate the issue. Number one, we don't know what the decision is yet. We honestly don't. Because mm. there's two different doors that you and I talked about precast that this could go in. Yeah, at we, least, we well, at least two. There's at least two, Nate. That, yeah, it could be like the the country of Malta, where it's a complete, nope, zero across the board. And mm. I, I'm not sure if they're one of those places to prosecute it, but it could be. Uh, it could be that, or it could be the fact that, again, because of information we, we've, well, hell, regardless about what information I, I have or haven't read uh, regarding any Supreme Court justices, I do know this. The original decision was about jurisdiction. That's one thing that in, in is kind of confused nowadays is they avoided the whole abortion topic almost altogether in a sense in that they addressed strictly uh whether or not federal courts had the right to hear it and states you know it was, it was basically an element of states rights um sorry i lost my train of thought but the basically what i what i'm getting at is that i think that there's going to be a decision where, all right, 15 weeks and after is, is banned. That's, that's where I think this is going, in which case, that's, that's not an across-the-board ban. I'm not sure how that becomes a slippery slope for well, if Roe is, is, if, if Ro is upheld and there is, they uphold the Mississippi ban at 15, 18 weeks, whatever it is, right. um, because the, the whole Roe thing was a viability. Um, was was a viability argument, right? Which you know hasn't changed that much. Vi- uh, a, a well, right, but 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 right. the issue that that opened the case is actually about jurisdiction. Was where the original argument was on that case. What Roe or the or um, Roe or, or Wade? It was a question of whether the federal courts had the 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 right to. I know I'm explaining that poorly, but who had the right to hear and decide that case? Mm-hmm. And, the, jurisdiction. Yeah, and the federal government said, no, actually, right. the U.S. Constitution, by the Fourth Amendment, um, right. allows the, the, uh, the protection of women at the Fourth Amendment for privacy to, to have right. right to bodily autonomy. And that's not, is that a jurisdiction thing or is that a right under the Constitution? Right? Well, so okay, Alito's, I'm, decided, I'm Alito, it Alito's deciding that it is not. There, it's, we could say it's a jurisdiction thing or not. But if it's whether he thinks it's a jurisdiction thing, then he's also saying that no, actually there is no right to privacy under the Fourth Amendment because I don't think 
that abortion is a privacy thing. And so we're going to kick it back. It's not, and also it's not a jurisdiction thing. So we're going to, or it's not, it's not within our jurisdiction. We don't want to touch it. Well, kick it back to the, the States. Point being kicking it back to the States is, is not, it just, it simply is not the same thing as outlawing abortion. Well, it will, be, not. it will be in 26 states, man. <laughs> it, okay. Whether, whether you want to say that. The, I'm not I, saying I, it won't be. And I get, I get that. But the people, point people, is, Nate, that's people, not the same thing. I get it, man. People point, people point out that, well, look, the actual ruling on Roe isn't about abortion. It's about jurisdiction. Well, that, and, that's, not, that's not what I, if I, if I phrase it, that's not what I meant. I didn't mean that it wasn't about abortion whatsoever. What I what I mean is, I mean, I can send you the 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 link here from uh, it's not common law, but the actual legal argument I was trying to parse in common English. Well, and I'm telling you, man, I, I totally agree with anyone that says it's either, a, you know, it's either federal or it's a, it's a jurisdiction thing at the state's the state level. Like, I'm not saying that's, that's not. I mean, that's I'm not saying open the case I'm not with s- that argument. In yeah. fact, and I'm not saying it's fact, not the lawyers for uh, for the pro-choice side actually got it confused in her opening arguments is what I was reading about that. She was arguing actually beyond jurisdiction. The judge was like, that's not what we're, we're good at. So that what I'm saying is it's not strictly the same thing as saying the Supreme court's about to, to vote five to four, six to three to outlaw abortion. You're in California. That's not going to impact you whatsoever. If well, they, yeah, I'm not saying, I'm not saying that they, whether you, you can say it, they're, it's a state's right thing. It's not about abortion. The fact is, it would be overturning Roe v. Wade, which means that there is not a protection at the federal level for abortion. So, however you want to parse it, it's what's going to happen. It, it whether whether well, it's it, whether it's, it's if that's how they go. I don't know written, if they're going to do yeah, that. Whether it's written in the opinion or not, it's what's going to happen, right? Well, and the reality, on... and if Roe is overturned, whether it's because look, we're not going to protect it at a federal level. Um, and we don't think it meets and constitutes protection under the Fourth Amendment. But recall those doors too, though. It's an opinion, which is fine. I'm not arguing that. My point is the reality is it will be a referendum on abortion and t- at 26 states in the union if Roe, and to the point where, hey, look, the reality is Louisiana will ban ectopic pregnancies. There's door two, though, as well, if you so, recall that we discussed precast. Sure, and There's we can all- talk about it. I'm, I'm not. Also, the other possibility, though, and that is that they they say that, hey, we're going to uphold Mississippi as far as the that ban. But we're not, you know, after what is it? My mind is going blank. 15, 15, yeah, 15 to 18 weeks. Look, that's that's a completely different outcome, though, Nate, if they say, all right, absolutely. 15, 18 weeks, whatever. But but the reality is, John, they Roberts needs to sell that to five justices that there's a compromise. There's five justices that signed on to Alito's oh. opinion. So, and I realize that this happened in February. It and got leaked. We're, we're, we don't know that, Nate. We haven't read the full decision. I mean, I, I've never seen this kind of, kind of audacity on something we haven't read, even read the dissent, the concurring opinions, if there are any. I mean, this is a very incomplete picture here. And again, not every one of those justices is sold on going against stare decisis. You can think that, you can say that all you want to, but the reality is there is more division on that or else Alito wouldn't be writing the majority opinion, Nate. You don't think? Why, who would get it? No, I mean, unless he didn't want it, it would be Thomas. I think there's more division here. you got to remember, Neil Gorsuch 
didn't go against the LGBT yeah. community so, when he had the opportunity to do to. I know you want this to be a block that's a monolith that one person pushes a button and this is how, how it goes. But I think there's genuine disagreement. For instance, Thomas and Alito, I see is saying, hey, let's get rid of the whole thing. Absolutely. I'm not so sure about Gorsuch, Kavanaugh. Uh, Barrett, and Roberts. I'm just not. What about Kavanaugh? I could see him. Roberts he, does not want to. Roberts does not want to undo Roe. Roberts, Roberts does not want to undo Roe. He does not. I don't think. I don't think that Roberts, Gorsuch, or Barrett want want to because of story decisis because they recognize the importance of that. I don't think Thomas and Alito on this one. I think the end justifies the means. Kavanaugh, I'm not sure about. We will see. But regardless, I think there is the opportunity for. I'm not saying that it's an outcome that those left of center will smile at, but I think there is the opportunity for a less than doomsday scenario. I'm sorry, with all due respect to you, I think there's the possibility that at least three of those justices go, whoa, whoa, whoa. Mississippi uh, and no mas. And uh, to paraphrase, I just, I don't think it's as open and shut. I'm not, I'm not disagreeing with you, man. It, I agree with you. It hasn't been, it has not, but, but you're participating in the doomsday, Nate. Like this is just the beginning. We're getting on exit 666 man, on the highway to hell. Let's I'm actually not, wait for the decision to come out first. Oh, I, I mean, mean, we're protesting on people's front lawns over something that hasn't even been published. You do see like that. Why people would be upset by this, this original draft opinion that came out, right? I'm not and saying why, they, they, not they, a lot of people wouldn't feel like, eh, you know what? Not a big deal. Alito's a funny guy. He's referencing medieval that's, uh, that's law, judicial. Like, it's all good, man. We'll just wait that's for the outcome. Like, it, it, it is. It, I think it's been clear that a majority of the justices were sort of on board with Alito, and that's where all this, all this stuff came from. All this uproar came from. I get people being upset, Nate. I don't, I don't absolve them of the necessity of adhering to the rule of law, however. Regardless, that doesn't get suspended because their feelings are hurt. What, they're peacefully protesting in front of justice? No, I'm just saying that this, I'm just letting you know, like, that's, I, I, I get it. There's not but, been one arrest reported. No, there's been threats, though, made, Nate. You want screenshots of those? John, there's been thousands of threats to federal judges over the last four years. It doesn't justify that. Absolutely not. Absolutely I mean, not. But there's always yeah. going to be one bad apple in a like I, I completely you can send me all the screenshots you want. But look at all the GOP guys that came out today and said, "Look, I don't think there's a Tom Cotton was like, we got to arrest him, prosecute him and throw him in prison." There's a whole slew of GOP I didn't say <laughs> that. whole slew of GOP uh representatives that came out and said, "I'm kind of a first amendment guy and I don't think they're doing anything wrong." So, again, I didn't say they should be arrested. So I get it. This is, it's a privacy thing. It's a jurisdiction argument, but ultimately, regardless of what happens now, again, yes, you're right. Roberts could be like, look, I do not want to politicize this court. I've been worried about this. You guys, we got to compromise somewhere. I've got to write a dissent. I've got to do a different draft. I got to present it to y'all. Let's not ruin Roe. Let's keep it. Let's, let's let Mississippi um, move forward. Will that happen? I don't know. I don't know. I, I mean, I certainly hope at this point that there's that compromise because I do think that the general American sentiment is that we really don't want 
we do want access. Abortions will always happen. We can talk jurisdiction. We can talk privacy. Abortions will always happen. Let's at least just have access to safe abortions. And we can talk about, yep, states' rights versus blah, blah, you know. But if, here's the thing. If for 26 states and a whole bunch of elected officials coming out trying to basically put crazy trigger laws in place, fairly draconian, in my opinion, um, uh, anti-abortion bills in place. Uh, I don't think they would be doing it and putting a whole lot of energy behind it um, if they didn't think that it was a very distinct possibility that Roe could be overturned. Um, right. Yes. I'm listening. I mean, that stands to reason. I mean, it's a so, lot of effort for something they don't think is going to happen. I mean, exactly. I... I so I I don't have anything to do with their calculus. Yeah. I haven't read it, and maybe it's just pl- merely political. And it's like I have, however, spent a lot of time uh, analyzing some of the the very justices whose opinions have already been written here uh, by by ourselves and much of the rest well, of the media. And just remember, Justice Alito, when asked about Roe, did um, invoke stare decisis and said it is the law of the land. Blah blah blah. And now here we are. So just take that into account well, you, as well. You can say it's the law of the land and still want to overturn it, Nate. I mean, story decisis yeah, does not. I mean, for one thing, I mean, if, if you were getting confirmed as a justice, you saying that you respect precedent does not mean that you're never going to vote to overturn anything, Nate. I hear you. So, I, I mean, that in, doesn't somehow make them yeah. traitors of the republic. I, I think. No, I agree. You can, you, can have, you can certainly have your opinion on precedent, but in something as consequential as Roe, um, I mean, I get it. No, I grasp it. I, I, as a, you know, never in three forevers would I would I be considered for such a post, obviously. But if I was in a situation with the the formal education to be on the court, um, I I don't think at this point that uh, overturning Roe v. Wade would be in keeping with stare decisis. And I also think that the every the everyday American who's for it has no concept on how the sausage is made on a great number of things uh they're not aware of the fact that no there's no um uh there's our baby immediately conceived uh, conceived upon uh ejaculation that's not how it works there's quite a period of time uh we we talked about this before it's what mm-hmm. what, what seven to ten days at least somewhere in, in that territory um there's any number of things that and they don't want to know so if you don't want to know how the sausage gets made is kind of how i feel on this then then stay out of it Mm -hmm. okay but the reality here is like i asked you precast about things and i ask people my way of phrasing it is okay so what does that look like you want this gone you want this changed okay but for the rest of us that aren't high on glue we're gonna have to deal with emergency room visits in the cases of those who are not fortunate enough to have to be amongst the elite in society the proletariat's going to be doing things, handling this their own way in the case of an absolute ban. And so fiscally, we're going to be paying for it regardless and probably more severe aftercare measures to begin with. So as a fiscal conservative, this is a a non-starter. I don't, and I don't know why that isn't talked about more, quite frankly. Well, (laughs) who's going to listen to me? 
well, I mean, on that on that level, you know, it's. it's I think, like I, think about, I think about someone like Rand Paul, right? Having that con- right. as, as a libertarian. I mean, it's interesting to listen to libertarians' take on this, and it's really just like about jurisdiction. It, the less it divided the porting, the less the, yeah, the less government, the better. And it's like, man, I, just there's a lot of they black, don't there's a government lot, intervention there's, as you and I have discussed before. Well, no, I get it, I, but I get. Like liberty doesn't change. The the like liberty isn't something the government gives you. If liberty is something the government gives you, you don't have liberty. Liberty is something you are born with. It's the inalienable right. It's for some people it's God given. That doesn't change from you know, from the federal level to the state level. That liberty is still yours. And it's interesting to listen to how black and white jurisdiction is, um, and how important that is over I guess just sort of the right to privacy and that liberty and that autonomy that is the most fundamental thing in America. And I think that's what baffles me the most about this entire thing. I mean, just from a debate perspective, not necessarily the Supreme court level who you can just, a justice can just have an opinion that it was not, it wasn't right. And I guess that's why he went to school and that's why he was in law. And that's why he, um, was the smartest person in the room to be able to be on the Supreme Court. And there's maybe things he understands about it that I don't, um, that is way better for the Republic um, than me just sitting on Mod State on episode 270-something screaming about precedent. Well, I again, I kind of go back to something we said very early on, probably several times, um, probably several times very early on in our in our history, but... Uh, together, the reality is this. We've had a, a lot of bumbling, educated idiots behind the wheel for quite some time. So to me, you gotta, I, I hearken back to the fact that there were farmers involved in the crafting of, of the founding documents of this country and, and uh, the, very, the very fact that our, our law is so obfuscated now that it takes 10,000 pages to fund the government that then senators and representatives don't read. But I think if for in order for a, a debate to actually occur on this at some point, uh, for one thing, it, it, to me it's a it's irrelevant, you know, to to go to the origins. Of, well, these were the same people that, you know, they they voted for Barry Goldwater and they didn't really love Jesus because they they didn't like gay people. I mean, it, it you can make a case if you like along those lines, but. To me, I don't think that has any more bearings than saying, well, I can't in good faith negotiate with progressives because of the heart of the progressives movement was eugenics. And that was there. You know, and, and there, so these verifiable facts, I can't deal with people that won't take public ownership of the fact they wanted to genetically weed out black people. I'm sorry, I can't do it. I think that that's not a way for me to go into a debate and honest discussion with with progressives. Um, it has, the, and they would ask me, they would say, well, what does that have to do with the price of apples in China? And I would say, you're absolutely right. It doesn't. So that there's just a lot to un, un, unpack on this issue. Um, it was, you were correct. It was a, largely viewed as a Catholic issue at the time Roe came out. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think it was Jerry Falwell that in 78, 79, acknowledged that he was had not preached a sermon on abortion. Nope. No. Nope. And that's almost a decade later. So, yeah, it's, the Southern Baptists the, flipped. 
they or they didn't flip. They went from one thing to another, and it was very politically driven. It was very they had to find something, which also, quite frankly, if Roe is overturned, will present a whole list of like what is the thing that will bring people to the polls in the future. And I don't want to speculate too much on that. Well, it could be a perfect victory, though. You raise a good issue uh, because, and again, I would like to point out, though, in a, in a backhanded way uh, that I, I've reminded you and the audience of this. This is what I'm talking about when I say, you know, Catholics being purple, it's a little more of a complex issue because at least even if one is on the opposite side of the aisle here, at least one could look at the, the Catholics and say the motivation was in the right place. They'd been in the trenches on this issue. You know, all of a sudden now, so you, you lost on this other issue. So you're going to you get, get on board on making all babies be born. Well, you know, John, I guess, dare I say that I, I guess I appreciate the Catholics principality here. At least they haven't, well, they, at least they haven't moved the goalposts too far. I, I wasn't, I wasn't being snarky and pointing that out looking for a, no, a I, I was, I'm not being snarky either. At least, um, at least they've stayed the course. I mean, that's the thing. It's, it, it was a little, a little bit duplicitous, I suppose, of the evangelicals to make that jump. Um, the, and I didn't mean to, I didn't mean to point that out to like point fingers. The, the whole little history lesson there is that, I mean, that's just, that's all. What I mean, that's exactly what happened. I just don't. All right, look, I see that on the evangelicals. But my point I go back to is the whole, the broader point of, and see, this is how I know they're wrong because these are bad people. Well, That's basically what I you're didn't, getting at. I I didn't say that anyone was bad. It's you know, how you don't have to. They, it's how you, don't have to. you may as yeah. well have said these are these were card carrying members of the National Socialist Party. I mean, you don't have to say they're bad then. I you didn't have to say these are bad people. But that's what I mean. I'm I getting at by saying I can't picture having a debate with any progressive and go well you know what you do come from the same people that wanted to weed out black people but john well, i never eugenics. i never said anyone was bad i just pointed out that's how we got to row I, I just i don't see how that's a starter though in the debate to say hey by the way you guys are the spiritual successors because most of these people weren't alive Sure. You know, in the time with- I I never made any link between Southern Baptists and sort of the move towards Roe to anyone who's supporting the overturning of Roe today. I never even brought up religion at all. Okay. I never said anyone was bad. It was jurisdiction, privacy. Right. We've been right talking to- about religion what the past fifteen minutes. Well, we just we just confirmed that yes, back in around Roe and after uh, Board Brown versus Board of Education and the Civil Rights. Um, movement and those uh, Linda B. Johnson when those bills were signed there was largely this period of time where like that was it that was there was a lot of desegregation happening a lot of shift in culture and right, eventually you did bring those things up you brought up race you well, brought up seg- segregation is my point like well, it's not yeah. like I just invented that out of thin air well no but that's like historically what was happening at the time that was that- that was the big deal at the time. That's like, it's history. Okay. There, Linda B. Johnson was the president. This is what happened during his term. This is what people I were fired it. up I'm about. I just not. Okay. Okay. I was, I'm we, just trying we, to understand, we, but yeah, maybe then we, just... then we, Then there was a shift away from segregation. The next hot topic was abortion. And then Roe v. Wade happened. Roe wasn't happening. I guess I'm trying to understand where you're coming from that as far as what does that have to do with this leak in this decision? 
That's what I'm trying to figure out. Nothing. If you remember, I, I walked through. So we talked about stare decisis. And I, okay, there's just a lot to unpack here. I'm sorry. There's yeah. a lot so of there's, information. There's, so we're talking about like what, why Roe and the opinion's important, what Roe okay. sort of protects with precedent. And we talked about Roe, married contraception, then more contraception for unmarried women, interracial marriage, um, mm-hmm. sodomy laws the in things Texas. things in the chopping block, yes. Yeah, the, the things that the precedent or the cases that have been um, – the opinions that have been developed, the cases, the rulings that have been um, adjudicated, rather, based on Roe, right? This idea of privacy, this idea of, and, and, and those are the it's things, an, those, that's, right. those are the lineage, that's, that's the lineage of Roe, right? These are the lineages That would definitely of Roe. be, an, for our listeners, that would definitely be an implied right. However, that's been the big debate all along is whether it's actually there. And that's, that's Alito's the right case. Privacy is not in the Constitution as worded. Alito says, look, and he's a fundamentalist, I guess, in this case. He says abortion is not explicitly mentioned in the Constitution. Therefore, it is not protected at the federal level. Game, point, match, set, back to the states. Which I'm not debating that as it, whether that's an argument or not. That is his opinion. I'm just pointing out what would happen or what could potentially happen if that does happen. Yeah, that's that's why that's the other reason why I feel confident that at the very least there's going to be some dissent. Now, is it enough to move the needle on the overall decision? I don't have a window into that, but that that much of a hard line view. That was the other thing. Thank you. That I think we had text about the other day, probably a week ago. That's the other reason why I feel like the, that that quote block is not a block at all here on this, because I'm not seeing six justices that take that rigid of a view on that, because it's to say that because it's not specifically mentioned whatsoever. Well, so, and, okay. The department of Homeland security is not specifically and, mentioned either. And that's the huge talking points right now is like, okay, dude, if that's not explicitly mentioned, then just about everything from 1776 that wasn't mentioned yeah. because doesn't exist is now not rooted in any sort of protection. That's like extremely good, rigid and originalist and, view. I, and again, it's like, it's okay, if that's the stance we want to take now, then okay, here yeah, we go. Okay, there weren't nine justices then either, uh, Samuel. Uh, yep. So <clears throat> the other... Um, so we're sending four you jackasses home, however many there were. So again... It, I, I think my overall point without taking a stance on Roe is like on abortion. It could be something else that's super consequential for millions of people. Okay. It just is. I mean, the access to safe abortion from a medical mm-hmm. perspective, whether you like it or not, having safe access to it is probably better for the overall population than not. Now, I'm not saying anything else about can like any just that's just fairly objective um i think about the idea of jurisdiction and states rights and look i'm not trying to make an equivalency here but we have crossed this road before about states rights in this country for those of you who might not know american history very well it happened in the mid 1860s um and i think about whether you like the idea of abortion or not, the fact that 
the federal government broadly protects a class of people or a, a gender. I'm not never, I'm never going to get pregnant. Um, what? It, it protects. Why not? The, the, maybe someday, I guess. I think my wife would like it if I could be, but um, from a, from a shared equitable standpoint of, of, of the, the marriage, but. Oh, I'd like so, it. Would be, I would make sport with that Facebook album. So broadly, like you. when, when we talk about, and even when we talk about fundamentalists, like textualists uh, for the constitution, I, I tend to, to shy away from that a little bit. Um, I don't think we should shred it and rewrite it. That's certainly not the leap I want people to make. But when I think about jurisdiction versus individual liberty, like the, the liberty to make informed consent, the, liber- the, the pursuit of happiness, which I, I realize is um, maybe something a bit different, but liberty, this, this uh, uh, ability to make decisions for yourself and be free of government intervention. It's sort of core to, to what should be everyone's belief uh, in America. And, and, and really for, interestingly enough, like right leaning people, libertarians being those people that really defend that right to autonomy and that right to have government out of your decision-making process, then I have to think, I guess I, it's hard for me to shake. Like it's, it's gut visceral feeling that I feel like that's more important. Um, then it, and I guess we can make the debate on, uh, that's the whole thing about abortion is like, is this clump of cells that we talk about, you know, one to seven days, all this stuff, is that equally as, um, e- should that be equally there, protected? Therein lies the yeah. rub. Because should, should that be as equally protected as an adult that has a social security card and pays taxes? Um, well, there's states that certainly think so if you shoot a pregnant woman. I get it. I get it. So, but I guess it, it boils down to, I think that personally, with the protection of, of abortion, or just from medical procedures in general, um, at least this one in particular, um, right. I do just from even just the health and well-being of the entire nation, the ability to make that decision at individual level at a safe in a safe, reasonable way um, should supersede this sort of jurisdiction. Uh, and that, oh, you know, it's just much better if we make this decision at the state level. I just don't think that's the case. And that's my opinion. And Justice Alito completely disagrees with me. And again, He's paying the, he's getting paid the big bucks and he's the big brain. And maybe he knows something that I don't and why this country would be better. Um, if we kick it back to the States. Um, and again, uh, maybe, maybe it'd be just fine, but I think there's quite a few million people out there who do have a uterus, um, that have gotten abortion for one reason or another, um, that say, I don't think, uh, I don't think that would really end amazing for a lot of people. Uh, and when I hear that, I often wonder whether it's worth it. Um, is jurisdiction really that worth it in this case? So, I mean, that's kind of where I stand on it. And, and, a, that's, and that's far different from, that's far different from the first abortion conversation we had years ago when we were talking about viability and we were talking about all this stuff. Now we're talking about like, the, the jurisdiction, privacy, um, and, and liberty and, and autonomy. And if, if there's a lot of people that feel that that is not protected in the Constitution, I guess I would say, well, what is actually protected um, in, in terms of rooted in, in, in deep tradition? I mean, women's right to vote, is, is that rooted in deep tradition? What constitutes deep tradition, Alito? I'm really curious. 
So I mean, it's not that's not the hill that I would I would die on this issue. And again, I would I would be for a Nero to they they wouldn't were I on the court the the block would not get my my vote at the at the totality. It would be and I would be willing to consider the upholding of of Mississippi's ban. I think that's far more pragmatic. I think at this point, uh, it's what makes the most sense. It's it's a again it's a lot more pragmatic in a day to day. What does that look like level? Um, I, I again we'll find out, but I don't believe because of that it's going to be a straight up um, overturning uh, ban. So I mean we'll certainly see. Uh, but that's you raised a good issue, but that's that's entirely part of it is that those those folks uh, that are rigid hardliners they don't see it as as about autonomy specifically so that's again that's not where i fall on that rigid of an extreme because it's if nothing else it's it's entirely unenforceable and it's impractical well because john you're not you're not seeing things binary in black and white in ones and zeros i think I, i think a good debate and a good conversation about this is employing some rationality at the consequences of these things and the broad consequences of these things. And I think you're doing that. And like, I don't want to ever propose here for a second, because this is a hot topic. <laughs> I mean, there's, I don't think there's a lot of people that are doing exactly what we're doing and putting it out for the world to listen to. But this is a rational conversation about this. And I already know your views on this. And you already know my views on this. But I don't it's think... It's as rational as but, you're going to get. But I don't think screaming at each other about, you know, screaming at each other about viability and, like, like I mean, I, I mean, think it, it's, it's, about anything is going to be futile. I, I mean, mean, obviously, the huge part of this is viability, but I guess my point is like having the conversation and trying to talk out and hash out like what precedent this sets broadly for the U, the United States moving forward, and why it's so consequential. Hey, I, maybe this will help move the needle with uh, a handful of folks, help them rationalize it better. Hey, hey, in fact heard something wonderful somebody uh communicated with me and said that on a couple of things that we had, we had helped them and she didn't specify how or in what which direction but she specified that we had helped settle uh at least two maybe three was her words uh important issues that, that we had helped inform her and and point her in a direction and she said to ensure that you knew of her thanks as well that we hadn't told her how to think we offered solutions to the issue and kind of left it open-ended for people and and absolutely um i appreciate that that's a good feedback absolutely miss miss allison you're Um, you're very welcome thank you for tuning in absolutely and i guess i should shout out to i think it was cassie that said something the other day uh, but I'll make sure I shout her out at the next episode. So, well, look, man, we have been going. I, I knew this one was going to go longer than we normally do. I'm glad we did. I think it was a really good conversation. Thanks for letting me talk over you about a thousand times. Um, we both, we both, we, man, stop it. You know, <laughs> we, we both love each other. We go round and round, but we've been doing it for a decade plus, And hopefully it does. We do continue to help move the needle. And I, you know, I, I appreciate you hanging there with me, man, through finals. I know I've been I've been I've been aloof and kind of mean kind of cranky at times. So it's, okay. it's good to Look, be through that and looking forward to summer. School school does just that. So well, um I love you, my friend. Thank you for good conversation. Love you, my brothers. And until next time.
Au revoir. We'll see you. Mm-hmm.